0: I'm Chris, I'm Barry, and this is the Gamestormers Podcast. So we are coming at you live from the Go Game Market in Carlton, in Melbourne, in Australia, in the world, which is very, very cool. So we are surrounded by nostalgia. Uh, We're surrounded by some nostalgia that I never actually experienced as a child, which is a bit weird. Uh, What was your first game console?
1: Oh, far out. I'd say that would be the Sega Mega Drive. That was my first game console. So uh, my
0: first game console wasn't until the Nintendo 64. Wow, wow! But my Lake favorite river. game console is the Super Nintendo. Okay. Hmm. Which I never had as a kid. Interesting. Yeah. But I have deep nostalgia for. <laughs> um, Recent pl- nostalgia. I played it as I played it at a birthday party
1: oh, of like the cool yeah. kid, and the yep. cool kid
0: had everything, and like his uh, his parents just bought him whatever he wanted, and uh, they had Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo.
1: Here I am, like thinking about Sega Mega Drive. We'll you've got you've got me on my nostalgia. We'll talk oh, about. Oh, Christopher. So, my first game that I ever played on the uh, Mega Drive would have been Sonic 2, which was a very, very basic game, which Christopher hates because of that, but uh, (laughs) I don't care. It was fast. He was blue and very cool.
0: I don't know. When I was younger, it was like, do I play a game where there's complex jumping, avoiding puzzles, traps, or do I play a game where I hold right and occasionally jump and I'll just win the game?
1: And the answer is obvious. You should play Mario. Yeah, that's right. Sonic. So...
0: (laughs) Chris has trouble pronouncing
1: his words sometimes.
0: That's right. Sometimes when I say Mario, I mean to say Mario.
1: Yeah, but other times I means Sonic, and that's all the time. So.
0: <laughs> See, I never had a Sega Mega Drive. I never had a Genesis. I never had a PlayStation. So I was always a Nintendo guy. Gotcha. Yeah, that's where all the nostalgia comes from.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Well, the funny thing is, I remember um, one of my mates or well, our mates, Ash, had all Nintendo and he was vehemently Nintendo based. Yeah, he had
0: stacks of stuff. Uh, he was always like the go-to guy to like get yeah, all the games. Like it's like, oh, I've got a new game? I'm like,
1: oh my god, I can't wait to go. Ash's and play this new game. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. And um, yeah, so uh, we also had this debate about what was better, of Sega or Nintendo. Right. And in the end, it doesn't really matter. But at the like at, in the time, I was like, man, Sega beats the pants off of Nintendo in every single way
0: because so, you cause you, are, you had all the Sega stuff and you didn't have the Nintendo stuff
1: absolutely I yeah. mean it's
0: awkward now because, like I feel bad because like my, my group won because we now are in Sega
1: yeah well <laughs> shut up but anyway <laughs> uh, look Sonic's still around and in the worst way so oh, man. <laughs> let's, like, let's drop uh, that
0: uh, when was the last actually oh no they made that new uh, retro cool. callback Sonic game
1: oh um, Sonic Mania yes oh <laughs> boy that was a good one was it good? it was fantastic holy shit they recaptured the spirit of him so well and I loved it I absolutely loved it like the music the feel of it everything was just fantastic
0: so that kind of leads us into what we wanted to talk about today which is retro games in general and also which retro games made it like from nostalgia into like current tense yep and which, which games and which characters do we think are going to make it into 20 years from now because it's really interesting. Like, I think, like, you know, like, we could obviously talk about the obvious ones, like, you know, Mario. Mario is going to be around forever. Like, oh, it's course. a mainstay of the company. Like, they actually celebrate Mario Day. <laughs> uh, Google Maps even bloody got in on that. And you could drive <laughs> around with Mario on the map. Like, that's that's not going anywhere. You know, but that,
1: that's when you made it, yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but let's talk about maybe some of the smaller characters. Like, for example, like, one of my favorite games on the Nintendo 64 was uh, Jet Force Gemini.
1: Oh, absolutely. I completely second that. It was fantastic. Such a good game.
0: But... Where did it go?
1: Absolutely nowhere. And there were no sequels. There was nothing ever about that ever again. And I would love... The thing is, though, like, we've got nostalgia for it and it's still a fantastic game. I've played it, like, kind of recently and I loved it still. But doing a remake... I'm worried that they're going to fall into that trap of, like, let's make it newer and better and add all these bits and pieces, or, like, let's dumb it down, or let's make it something that it isn't completely, like Perfect Dark Zero. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's my concern. Yeah. So or, is uh, it worth reviving?
0: Yeah, and Banjo-Kazooie... Oh, don't... What was it don't Banjo-Kazooie it. No, 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 Nuts no, 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 and
1: Bolts? No, no. Ban- Banjo-Kazooie, don't talk about that game. I'm pretty sure is what it's called.
0: I think, yes, I think that's the official title. See, that's the thing, though, is both of those games we just mentioned that were bad reboots were after Microsoft Acquired Rare. Mm. And so maybe that was just... Like the good people left, which we know they did, because now we have uh, Yuka and Lele.
1: Yeah, maybe I, I think Platonic are uh, the um, the remade rare, but even that was average.
0: Oh really? Yes. <laughs> did you have
1: a point about? I, I backed it early because I was like, I need some sort of Banjo Kazooie in my life because mm-hmm. that was a fantastic game. Another IP that never really made it further than 64.
0: Did it scratch the nostalgia itch, or did Not- it feel like it was trying too hard to do that, and you just didn't connect with you?
1: Absolutely. Like I just felt like it never really clicked with me, and I never got that feeling of wow, this is Banjo Kazooie remade. First the new era I just felt like this is a, some a group of people trying to stitch together something that would feel the same but just didn't pull it off
0: which is interesting because when both of us were looking at it it gave you that you are like oh man this feels so good we used to go on to YouTube and just listen to the audio tracks <laughs> that they'd composed because they sounded the same Yeah. but then I guess you can't just rebrand the same thing and I think that's what Perfect Dark Zero tried to do like just basically like work off an IP yeah. um, but it just didn't feel the same like, the thing that was cool about Perfect Dark was the storyline was amazing. Like, the storyline was so important to it. It was one of the first games that had, like, bots that were actually intelligent and, like, actually used strategy. Except for meat bots, of course. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, and also had uh, dual weapon types. So, you know, you'd have, like, the Mauler alien weapon and, like, it would shoot one way and then you would switch to another mode. Like, all this stuff just didn't exist. Yeah. This is back in the Nintendo 64. And they claimed that they used uh, real MP3s as well. Oh, that no. Nintendo 64 was at that point not capable of, which is really interesting. So, um, like, that's that was amazing. Like, it was like a, we've reached a pinnacle. And then when they went to do it again, the story was crap. Yeah. The game mechanics were now established and so not that impressive. And it was like, maybe you shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, exactly right. It wasn't worth delving back into it to make a disappointment yeah. rather than leave it as a lie.
0: So that leads to our second question, which is which games did go forward that probably shouldn't have?
1: where do we start so Banjo-Kazooie tick unfortunately yep and even the remake just wasn't that great what made me very disappointed is there was a game that came out called A Hat in Time Uh, have you heard about it no gotcha it is a uh, platforming game made in the same sort of vein as you know say Mario 64 that sort of jazz right Um, and it's just by a small studio and it's fantastic the feel of it the story of it's sort of a bit kiddish, but the, the gameplay elements and the level design and that sort of stuff. I've never heard of was, it. It's fantastic. It beats the pants off of ukulele, like, really? hands down.
0: But is the character memorable enough to, you think, franchise? Not
1: really, but no more than Mario. a plum, Like, you know, a man in overalls with a hat. This is a little magician-looking lady with a large top hat. That's it. See, it's interesting,
0: but, isn't it? Like, how many games have you played that are amazing where you're like... The protagonist isn't uh they haven't spent enough time with the protagonist to make them like an icon outside of the game um and that's so important if you want to have something still be popular 20 years from now like mario for example like you could you could actually never play mario but probably still buy a thousand five hundred mario based things and still understands the character most definitely which yeah it's really interesting so like that's when something reaches that peak nostalgia level um, whereas a lot of these games, like a lot of... Like, we obviously at the GameStormers play a lot of indie games. Um, and a lot of them, they don't spend, I don't think, enough time on finding that one protagonist or even two protagonists that are so critical, like so linchpin characters that they like can just through inertia going and be in another game
1: which is really interesting it is but it's funny it's not there's no one thing that will create a character like that like say for example like mario he's mm. got a hat he's got a mustache he's got overalls that's it Yeah, i mean it's that's actually it's actually
0: like super racist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like really. Very like, as an italian man <laughs> you know like uh, i never became a pommer i'll be honest with you uh, you didn't no, but no, i no, thought all did. yeah that's, that's, what, the that's what i'm saying it's very confusing so, like, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I think there's no uh, roadmap that you can follow to just make an amazing character. Like, it has to happen naturally.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And then there's a, the other route is, like, say, you know, Commander Shepard, hmm. who makes himself known, and you understand what the character is, and, you know, their ins and outs because you play as them, and go through all these trials and tribulations with him. And that's a standout so character. That's but Murray's a standard point. character. All he does is run around and jump on things.
0: That's a really good point. So do you think that that could be a character that could make a resurgence, yeah. or do you think that storyline is permanently finished, um, what do you think?
1: See, I, I know that it's done and dusted, I believe. But, but could they
0: go back and do prequels?
1: I, I would play it, absolutely. I'm, I'm in love with the Shepard. He's my favourite Shepard on the Citadel. See, one That's thing that is. I'm
0: super happy about, because I was really nervous about when the Switch got announced and they announced all the launch titles for it and there was no mention of Metroid, mm. and I was super disappointed because mm. I actually think that... The Metroid games have been the most consistent in terms of quality.
1: That's definitely Um, the Metroid Prime series. And weirdly
0: it's kind of underrated. Like it's not but it is. Like it doesn't achieve Zelda level peak. It doesn't achieve Mario level like even like Luigi or Yoshi. Like it's still kind of like not spoken about as much. Yeah. Those games are so consistent. Like from the very first Metroid on uh, NES all the way through. Um, the Game Boy advanced version was amazing yep. um the yep. 3d versions were actually amazing let's not talk about um other m because that was not great um but the, the, you know the trilogy yeah uh, they were just phenomenal and the Most gameplay definitely. like it transitioned to 3d so well yeah and like that's what mario where mario succeeded as well and i think that's where sonic started dying
1: the 3d transition well for example i loved i absolutely adored sonic adventure one and two they mm. were they were great games like they had like little mini mechanics as well, like the the chow gardens and that sort of stuff where you could raise little chows and fight them and verse each other. I have no idea what you're talking about. Christopher, you don't even know, man. Oh, man. It's not a running and jumping, my friend. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah. That makes me feel better about it. Like, for example, here's a little mechanic, real quick. So in the Sonic Adventure 2 series, uh, in the levels when you kill enemies, they would drop a colored tube. Right. And those colored tubes would correspond to stats, like strength, speed, that sort of stuff. Right. After you collect, like, ten of them, you can go to, like, after a level, you can go into, like, a... um, little open area and uh, visit a thing called a chow garden okay. and have a little pet chow and you can feed them these uh, pipes yeah or like little vials say. Oh, okay. not just like What's eat like- this pipe delicious <laughs> now you're stronger
0: <laughs> what is <laughs> happening
1: you ate metal now you are metal strength up uh, so you yeah feed them these vials of things that will um up the uh, stats and then you can put them into like fights or races and so
0: you can just experiment on animals most definitely even better
1: <laughs> and then you fight can- them yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of the best bits is you can actually like you give animals to them And then they'll take on a quality of the animals, whether it be speed, strength, whatever. But also, the physical poverty is if you give them enough parrots, they'll grow wings. Oh my god. Yes, yeah. So you can literally muck around with the genome of these tiny little cute things. This is the only
0: Sonic game that I actually want to play. You can harm them. You can
1: <laughs> harm them. You, when you... Like, you, go, you can pick them up and cuddle them and stuff. You can feed them. But you can also accidentally jump on them and they go flying across the map. And they don't like that sort huh. of thing. And then they'll turn evil because they they don't like it. And they're
0: being abused and they hate you. Well, I'm glad that that actually comes into it. Otherwise, you're just, like, <laughs> destroying these thing's lives. So, that's interesting. What about another... So, what about uh, Mega Man?
1: Okay. Mega Man, honestly, I never really got into it. I want to because I know it's such a big thing.
0: So, I think... Um, like that didn't really successfully transition to 3d mm. like that was amazing on the super nintendo and they made so many freaking versions of it yeah um but there's just some games that just don't work well in 3d um like it works well in super smash Bros. and like bringing them into like just little like spot stuff I remember um guys. but in its own video game like i don't i don't know that it works
1: never came across well i think there was some 3d stuff on playstation and 64 was it I decent think. i don't think so i don't think it had the like rave reviews that Mega Man's known for
0: My, uh, my brother <laughs> When I got the Nintendo Switch uh, Gave me Bomberman
1: Oh be. And,
0: and uh, Bomberman on Nintendo 64 Had two versions There was one that was just Bomberman And there was like Bomberman Hero Yes um, Bomberman Hero was amazing It was like this immersive RPG There was all these characters That spoke to you Like it was so cool
1: Yeah Even the first one was great It was amazing yeah.
0: so, I played Bomberman on the Switch Oh boy Um it was literally Bomberman on the Super Nintendo, but with HD graphics, and it was so much worse for the HD graphics. Um, it didn't need them. Like, yeah. it actually didn't need them. I would have preferred it to be just a pixel port of the game, like, with maybe a few more mechanics. Um, it was not good. I, c- I couldn't play it. I actually played it for about five minutes. I was just like, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll give it a go. And uh, I had to stop. didn't turn out. And I actually just said to my brother, I'm like, come pick up the game whenever you want, because... I don't need it. I will not be playing it. So that's an interesting one. Okay, so do you think retro in general is gonna go away?
1: I don't think so. I think what I might be concerned about is that retro is a somewhat, like, say, time frame. Mm. You know, like the last twenty or thirty years. Because like gaming, video gaming is very young. Mm. In the next twenty or thirty years, will we forget about the very, very old games like Atari? Like mm-hmm. you know, like Atari games at the moment. No one's
0: like, oh wow, Pong.
1: You know? We're like, oh, wow.
0: <laughs> what a revelation. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, even NES games. You know, you're not really too interested in, like, Super Nintendo, sure.
0: Well, I was talking to my mother about this, and I said, like, what was the first video game you played? And she said, we had this console, which was just pong.
1: Yeah, buddy.
0: And you had to plug it into the TV. It had two controllers. It had, it had little hand dials to move <laughs> the uh, panel up and down. That was the only game. It wasn't cartridge-based. It was just that game. Yeah. Um, and she said, we were blown away. Like, we were blown away by the, like, we're interacting with something on a television that they've never done before. Like, it's so interesting how, like, that can blow you away. Yeah. Because that was the pinnacle. And Not I remember, I like, how many games have you gone back to? And you're like, these graphics look disgusting now. Oh, plenty. Where they used to look. Wow, look how good this looks. Yeah. Is, it sounds amazing. The video is so cool. So, my concern with Retro is, I don't feel the same connection to a disc as i do to a cartridge
1: mm, yeah that's a really good point actually
0: so you know you're like super nintendo cartridge like it's actually just something cool to hold it's something cool to look at at. like it, it actually like it's like a putting a flag in a point of time in the world yeah i'm um, wearing like a disc you've got cd dvd blu-ray all that sort of stuff and really they kind of all look the same they're all in the same sort of cartridge it's very forgettable very throwaway um and these days you don't actually need you don't even need the disc yeah like i actually try to buy games online as much as possible um so that i don't need the disc. So i don't have to go and get the disc when i want to play the bloody thing you
1: don't want to be inconvenienced by having a physical media exactly and
0: i think like the, the limited nature of stuff because gaming is so prolific now because it's so internet-based um it's very difficult to have something that no one else has but would you agree with that I, I reckon
1: so when you're talking about discs not being retro i completely agree except for of course gamecube game discs
0: Sure, because, because they were they physically tiny. different. Yeah, yes, exactly yes. right. You're
1: like, ooh, what is this? Oh, and that's like, right. It, they were going down this room, were not they? And
0: it seems like Nintendo is the only company that is actually like hooked into that. And so the Nintendo Switch now has cartridges again, which means in 20 years' time, like you're gonna have a cartridge that you can like, wow, look at this little thing. This is yeah. so cool! I can plug <laughs> it into a game and like, I, I don't know. Like they seem cool to be that. the only one that have the finger on the pulse with that. Um, like, I, like for example, we're here at this market today. I can see some really cool stuff that I want to buy. I can see some PS2 games, I can see some PS3 games, Xbox games. I am not that interested in those and I would imagine that those games are going to be going for like the two to three dollar range whereas I saw Mario uh, over there. Just Super Mario 64 in a box, 90 bucks. And you know what? Uh, uh, People will pay it because you get the original carton that it came in, cardboard carton, it's got the manual, it's got that physical cartridge, even if you don't play the game, like I'm a collector of this sort of stuff as well and I don't play most of the games. Um, I just want to have them.
1: You've got it there. You've got the physical grey media that you plug into the receptacle and then bam, you can see Mario. That's
0: so interesting, isn't it? It's
1: fantastic, yeah.
0: So I try and telegraph like 10 years ahead from where we are now and I can only really think the Nintendo Switch is going to fulfill that sort of retro itch, that nostalgia itch. That
1: like... Well, the collectible part of it, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. Do you
0: kind of, like, do you agree with that? Or, I'm, See, I'm, or maybe I'm getting it wrong. I don't
1: know. Like, there's another thing, like, for example, say with the Wii U and the Amiibos. Mm. Like, I collected quite a few of them because right. they're little statuettes of your favourite characters, which is cool. But do you reckon that's going to become retro? Are people going to be like, oh, I want to collect all the set of the Amiibos. Are they going to be like, oh, these are yeah. the little plastic cheap toys that had some functionality
0: well see it seems again like Nintendo's the one grabbing all the stuff
1: yeah and, like
0: Amibas, I, I got sucked in I, I started buying a lot of them and yeah. like it gets to the point where you're like I don't want to open these but I know if I do open them I get some functionality but I know as soon as I open them I lose money so much value exactly and that's a weird way cause because <laughs> we've had enough years behind us that we know that things appreciate in value um, it's hard to open things up and play yeah. with them because you kind of go oh I'm going to sell this later on uh, which is really interesting
1: yeah yeah, yeah you know the trends so now we know how to exploit them Blah.
0: okay so we talked about some bad remakes what's something that you'd like to see either remade or a sequel made of so
1: we're assuming they're gonna be good remakes
0: correct let's let's just hope let's just cross our fingers and feet and just hope for the best
1: (laughs) so I'll go back to what you said before with the uh, uh, Jet Force Gemini oh man so great i see would it still be a third person shooter would be a first person shooter would it be more gritty Mm. how are they going to redesign it are they going to remake it or they continue on in that universe yeah you know you got to sort of think of those things but i would love to see a remake like done justice i would love to see that game done justice yes i
0: think um for me personally like it gets to a stage now where it has to be a sequel yeah because to make a remake something is just i don't know it can go so sad you can lately kind of prove that like I know it was different, but it was—it was obviously very deeply tied to Andrew Kazooie, and that's probably why you didn't enjoy it because you expected something and you weren't given that.
1: Yeah, it's like close but no cigar. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So I think yeah, that'd be that'd be a cool game to be made. What about something that you played on Sega, perhaps? Because I don't know Ooh. a lot about them.
1: So Sonic Mania, I literally lost my shit about that. Like I could not believe that oh, they no. had. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I was almost inconsolable with my excitement because I was so excited that they thought to themselves, "All right, people like this." Let's not just remake it. Let's expand upon it. And they brought in uh, someone who uh, helped, I believe, port it over onto uh, Android and iOS. One of the guys who did that helped make new levels, helped make new music, and helped create this new Sonic franchise entry.
0: So does it play as... Like, is there original levels in there and then they've expanded or is it all new levels? Well, I believe
1: there's original levels and then they make, they have remade levels in there as well. Gotcha. But they tend to be, from what I can remember, it's been a little while since i played it. Um, For what I can remember, they are uh, similar in theme. Like, you know, Green Hill Zone is still in there, but it will be like slightly remade or have some things moved around, but similar music. So you know what you're in and it will say that's what it is.
0: Right. Gotcha. Okay. So let's finish up with one last uh, topic. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So... Those mini consoles. Oh, yes. So, the NES Mini was cool. It was. The SNES Mini was cool. Mm -hmm. All the other companies are jumping on board. Do you think that's a good idea? Or do you think it's a bad idea?
1: I think that the first couple were a good idea. I do think that it was great to have it in a very accessible uh, format. They just oh, yeah, cool. I love the Super Nintendo. There's plenty of games on this thing. Let's whack it into my TV and enjoy it all over again. But I feel like people aren't going to want to have a whole collection of mini consoles. I feel like it was a bit of a, a special, specific thing mm-hmm. that everyone got excited about. I think it started with the NES, yes. like the yeah, yeah. mini NES, and um, like it was just such a great idea. But now, if everyone else jumped on the bandwagon, it will take that sort of speciality away from it and take mm. the excitement out of it, because like, oh, all right, now who's going to make the next one?
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think one thing's interesting, like Atari obviously are actually making a new console. Completely new. Completely new console. Oh, what? So uh, we posted this in the GameStormers community uh, just a few days ago. And uh, yeah, they're actually doing a new console which will play old games and they're going to do new games. And my big question mark is like, what the hell are the new games going to be? Because it's Atari. (laughs) Like they weren't known for graphics and stuff like that. Like it's really interesting to me.
1: But that's that's cool. So on the flip side, like having that challenge of limited, uh, say graphics and processing power and with today's programming prowess i'd love to see what people come up with i'd love to see what people's interpretations of retro games these days would be mm, mm, like imagine what, how far they could push the boundaries now that we've got you know a solid understanding of so many other programming languages mm, what we could do
0: that'd be really interesting like it'd be really interesting to go okay 2018 i want to make an atari game and i want to constrict myself to basically be i've got to work with this amount of colors this amount of things and just see how technically advanced i can be exactly that'd right. be really interesting i would love to see that but if they didn't do that do you think there's room for a fourth? Mainstream console? Not
1: particularly. I feel like the there's only really two. So like Sony and Xbox, of course, and then you've got the Nintendo offshoot, which I will always, always buy. Yes, but that's not, <laughs> yes, really, me that's too. not really a main contender. It's just sort of like a you will have an Xbox or a PlayStation and then a Nintendo console. They don't compete directly.
0: Yeah, I will blindly charge at any Nintendo Wii U uh, that comes out and I will just purchase it. And like I would have been the person back then uh, that would have b- bought the Virtual Boy. Like I would have just jumped headfirst in. This is disgusting. Oh, Nintendo's made another one. I'll go get that as well. 3D, black oh, and wow. red,
1: done. <laughs> That's amazing. How can you go wrong? Very, very quickly yeah. I
0: think think that's a really good point. So, I think, you know, Xbox and PlayStation have done a really good job of capturing, like, the mainstream, like, Call of Duty, like, FIFA, like, core gamers. Yeah. Um, And they've got their own exclusives, which, like, kind of legitimize them being able to exist. And then Nintendo has done the completely different thing, where they still make money on their consoles. They don't care too much about going UHD, HDR, because that's already been done. And they make all of their own IP and that's the thing that drives the purchase and the third party games are just cream on the top. Um, now, that didn't work with the Wii U because they just they needed more, they needed more, they needed more, and they were getting nothing. And they weren't doing enough of their own IPs either. Yeah. Um, that's where it kind of failed. And the system, like, I love the asymmetric gameplay. I thought it was a really cool idea. Um, like, Zombie U, for example, like, where you had to look down at the controller, yes. and that would, like, the game would still be playing, and you have to try and rummage through your backpack. Like, that's so cool! That's
1: such a great idea. But the
0: name was stupid, and they sold it to people poorly. Um, which is so disappointing because I bought it hoping that people would get what it was and I literally um, both Barry and I were working in retail at that point and uh, I heard mothers talking to their children when they were looking at purchasing it and they would just say oh is this a new controller for the Wii and like fair enough oh boy absolutely fair enough for them to think that because that's what it seemed like
1: it um, says Wii in the title and Switch, you're like oh so Wii U came, gamepad fantastic so disappoint-
0: I'm so glad that Nintendo Switch has worked and people have like jumped on it um, and I'm so glad that they're doing what they call the Nindies where they're supporting stacks of indie developers because we love indie games and we love Nintendo games so the Switch is kind of like the ultimate console for us and it's, for, our, for our content
1: it's like a beacon for us just like hey you need me there's no escape
0: that's it okay so we've got to the end of our questions I believe Um, we're going to go and have a look at some games at the market. (laughs) There's people buying stock in front of us and I feel like we're missing out. Stop it. Um, so we just want to thank you, uh, thank uh, Go Game Market um, for inviting us. So Go Game Out and the people that run this. Um, we hope that they're going to bring uh, a few more of these in, uh, we'd love to attend again. So we just really wanted to say thank you for them. they have giving us a nice space. They brought us drinks. We had oh, little reserve stickers. They were so, so nice. Cool.
1: They just feel so welcome and yeah. important as well. So. Absolutely. So
0: we really appreciate it. We want to just really give yeah. a call out to them. They put together a great event. Um, the turnout's been awesome. Um, but that's it from us. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Gamestormers.
1: See ya.
0: Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. We were
1: recording from the Go Game Market, and it was really cool. There were plenty of games that were really old. People were cool, and they weren't old.
0: There had games that I like, like Mario and Mario. There was also Sonic, but I don't want to play the game. There was also an expensive screen that looked really fucking cool. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.